everybody, and welcome to another episode of Comics and Cinema. I'm your host, Alex Klein, and today we are talking about WandaVision. I was kind of going back and forth trying to decide if I was going to do an episode on WandaVision. Uh, Obviously, there are, uh, (laughs) I guess you could say, consequences to doing one of these episodes because I feel like if I do these, I need to do one for every single one of the episodes, which I think people have liked so far. I I did get some good listens on the Mandalorian episode, so I think people out there do like hearing these. But at the same time, I struggle with the idea that everybody does these. Uh, and and again, I wanted my I want my podcast to be something that people come to to get a little something different. And uh, so you know, me doing a Wandavision review. There's there's a million other podcasts and YouTube channels doing Wandavision reviews as well, talking about the nitty gritty of it. But uh, at the same time, I, I realized this is something that I would have talked about anyway. I'm certainly not doing this because other people are doing it. Uh, I'm sure if you guys remember, I talked about doing this a long time ago. So it's certainly not because I'm trying to catch on to anything. It's just because I have such a passion for Marvel. And so I guess if you'll indulge me, I do want to talk about these WandaVision episodes and what they meant to me. Uh, because I think I have a couple of interesting things to bring up on this. Again, I actually haven't really listened to any reviews. Uh, I would highly encourage encourage people to check out uh, MCU Fan Show. Uh, that's another podcast out there. They've got uh, an episode for each of WandaVision's two episodes that are out right now, and they're like an hour or more per episode talking about it. And I've started listening to them. I love MCU Fan Show, and uh, but I'm like 15 minutes into the first episode, so I haven't really listened to them yet, but I can already tell that they are diving super deep uh, and really, really kind of, uh, you know, again, diving into it. So check that out. Give them give them a, a like and a subscribe just because, again, I think the content they put out is fantastic. Uh, also, again, if you haven't done that, you're welcome to do so here if this is a place that you'd like to subscribe to as well. I know I joked in the last episode telling my mom how to subscribe, but I was thinking, well, maybe I can turn that into a bit at, uh, at the beginning of each podcast episode of telling my parents how to subscribe in a, you know, a weird bit way of basically telling people how to subscribe. But you guys now, you, now you guys all know how to do it. So uh, let's dive into this. I... I've been looking forward to WandaVision for a really long time. Actually, since it was announced, uh, WandaVision was one of the shows that I was most interested in just because uh, I I like a lot of the kind of second-tier characters of the MCU, like Falcon, the Winter Soldier, Scarlet Witch, Vision, all of those guys. And uh, Scarlet Witch, though, has a very special place in my heart because... She uh, is so powerful, and I always love reading her stories to see how powerful the writer of that story makes her. And you know, some some stories like House of M is uh, you know she's ultimate, she's the ultimate powerhouse. But then you've got other great stories with her in it, like uh, Avengers versus X Men. I think she does a great job in that one. And then she's had an interesting bit in the new uh, Jonathan Hickman X Men series where they call her the Pretender because she essentially ruined mutant kind back in House of M. So I'll say that too, uh, kind of as a teaser for what's to come this month, the uh, the monthly 
comic that we are going to be talking about this month is going to be House of M, which uh, I'm really excited to do just because when we do, as you guys know, I, I typically put that episode out at the end of the month. So we will have a couple more. It would be maybe one or two more WandaVision episodes at that point. So it'll be interesting to see what bits of House of M are utilized in the show because they're obviously pulling from multiple different comic stories, multiple different elements, and and really creating a brand new type of show. And I think that's one of the reasons why I loved it so much. So WandaVision, again, the first two episodes are out on Disney+. Plus. They released both of them on the same day, and it was awesome. Uh, I loved them both, and I especially loved that first episode because that really sets the tone for how the entire series is going to go, I think. And, and having it be a 20-minute sitcom is just the coolest thing, and I love it because... Excuse me, when I was younger, and even, you know, as of recently, I love watching old-timey TV, and I think I think that's because in a way I was I was sort of raised on it. My, my dad loves that. We would always have me TV on, whether that was at home or when we were hunting. It just always, it's one of those nostalgia factors that, and I'm sure they have that too, older generations, but even for me, like, the idea of laying in bed and having some old show on like bewitched or you know whatever it is and falling asleep to those shows there's just a, such a wholesome quality to that and i don't know i always felt very safe in doing that my cousin and i when we were younger i uh, and actually that would be the cousin that recorded the anime episode with me a couple weeks ago uh, cameron uh, when we were younger i i went to school in a uh, high school that was like an hour away from my house it was a private school and so my parents they would drive me to that school like every day and uh, it was again it was an hour drive there hour drive back and eventually and I think it had to have been very soon (laughs) after school started we were like okay we can't do this like we can't keep I can't keep driving two hours a day just to go to school but my grandparents and my cousins they lived like 10 less than 10 minutes from the school And so there was this agreement that we had kind of come to where I actually stayed at my grandparents' house uh, during the week. And I would go to school, and then at the end of the week, uh, either, you know, one of them would drive me home or my parents would come and pick me up. And uh, it was really fun. It was, uh, like, looking back, I think think of it as a, a very pivotal moment in my life just because... It, uh, it that's a, a big deal being a young person like that being it, I was a freshman in high school it was a brand new school and it wasn't the school in the town that I lived in but my parents believed in me and my family believed in me and so we went to the school and uh, but but getting to live with my grandparents and uh, and and be so close to my cousins at that time was so awesome so like we got to do activities together but we also watched a lot of stuff together and obviously my grandparents loved old-timey shows but my cousins did too and it was kind of one of those things where like our grandparents liked it so our parents liked it and our parents passed it on to us so like everybody genuinely enjoys watching those old-timey shows and so there were instances and the most vivid one which we still joke about to this day is there's an episode of Bewitched where uh, she is getting a driver's test. She's trying to get her driver's license. I think it's in the second season. And uh, there's a guy on it, and I don't remember his name, but he was a classic comedian from back then. And there's just this bit where he was talking about, I think he's talking about taking a drug to calm him down in the form of a wafer. And we would always laugh so hard at that scene. Uh, and we would always joke about that, like, oh, in the form of a wafer. And, uh, I, like, I've rewatched that episode so many times, but seeing WandaVision 
be so similar to those shows and to be watching it and have my first thoughts be like they nailed it like they got the idea of the old timey sitcom but not only did they get it they're able to uh, kind of crafted in such a way that it does still feel modern uh, with the jokes because one of the things obviously is that a lot of the stuff from those old shows doesn't necessarily hold up for today some of them are not as funny as they used to be uh, or make any sense but these episodes were so funny and I think part of that is not only a testament to um, Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany but also to the entire supporting cast and it uh, it really is, uh, I'm going to get that list for you right here, but you got Elizabeth Olsen, you got Paul Bettany, and both of them, from what I've seen in their interviews, is that they were loving this, this like doing this show. Catherine Hahn is probably, so far as of right now, my favorite character, just because every line that she had was golden. I mean, she's like... Uh, Everything about her husband was hilarious. She says, uh, the only way my husband would remember my anniversary is if she, there's a beer named June 6th. And uh, we were laughing so hard at that one. And then her bit about making her husband disappear in the second episode was great. Uh, but then Tiana Paris is in this as well as Monica Rambeau or Geraldine at this point in time, which is fantastic. Um, she's awesome, and I can't wait to see more of her. Uh, I had seen Tiana Paris in... Uh, uh, if Beale Street could talk, I'm going to pull up her other stuff in here. Uh, I don't think I had seen anything else prior to that. She's been in some other things. She obviously she was in Empire. She was in, I'm looking here, Survivor's Remorse. Uh, but what I, I saw before the show, so the day before I watched Chirac, uh, from uh, Spike Lee, and she does such a good job in Chirac as well. So uh, just to get to see her in this and to get to see her play a superhero, or I guess eventually play a superhero, was so cool. Uh, and I'm looking at the list here. We still have yet to see Randall Park playing Jimmy Woo and Kat Dennings playing Darcy Lewis. So those are going to be really exciting to see as they come. Uh, but then also huge shout out to Deborah Joe Rupp, who played Mrs. Hart, and then also Mr. Hart, Fred Meliman, Melamed, uh, who is from, I'm trying, he's from quite a few things, but I remember him from In a World, which is a movie with Lake Bell, where he plays a, uh, a voice actor, and he has the voice for it, so it made total sense. And then obviously Deborah, she's from uh, That 70s Show. And they just do such a good job of acting like people in an old-timey sitcom. And, you know, the even the, the corny jokes and all the little bits and pieces, the bells and whistles, there's just so much in it that's great. I loved the commercials, the commercial in the first one for the Stark, uh, like, toaster oven, and then for the Strucker watch in the second episode. And, and funny enough, I didn't even know that those had any deeper meaning than what they did. I was watching them, and I was like, wow, that's crazy. And then it was, like, from Stark Industries. And I was like, oh, cool, you know, they're doing a Stark thing in here. Is this in-universe or what? And then I saw that someone had pointed out that each of these commercials kind of harkens back to a period of trauma for, for Wanda, where the first one is in regards to the uh, the rocket that was shot at her and her brother when they were kids and didn't explode, which it makes so much more sense when watching it and that they're just so closely watching the thing as it beeps, waiting for it to wake like to shoot the toast out. But at the same time, you could say waiting for the rocket to explode. And then in the second one, Strucker, obviously he was in Age of Ultron and he's the guy that essentially manipulated the two of them into getting their powers. And they talk about that where he says, you know, this is an age of miracles. And again, it was so funny. I was so invested in the actual show that I missed that. And I, I didn't even, even 
Clayton Strucker. I was like, what? Like, Strucker, that's cool. Are they doing a callback to him? And I should have been like, oh, yeah, Strucker, he's an Age of Ultron. That makes sense. And I did watch the Marvel Legends episodes before watching this. They were nice, but uh, they're only really worth one watch for me. I will say the Wanda one was really good and almost made me cry just because of the way that they spliced everything together. She's really gone through a lot. So to see her kind of have this reality in a way is kind of nice that she's getting that happy ending that she wants. But that's what we're diving into. And I guess before we even do so, I'll say too, the series is being directed by Matt Shackman, who is known for uh, a lot of different TV, it looks like. But he he did he did The Good Guys, which I saw a couple episodes of that way back when. He did House. He did New Girl, uh, Raising Hope, Mad Men. And again, in a lot of these, he only directed one episode. But he's still, hey, he's directing episodes for Psych, which including Dual Spires, which is, and I'm just looking on IMDb, but that was a f- an amazing episode. That was the uh, Twin Peaks episode. He did Fargo, Revenge, Grace and Frankie, uh, The Good Wife, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He did 43 episodes of Always Sunny. He did two episodes of Game of Thrones. He did an episode of The Boys, of Succession, The Great, and now WandaVision. So he clearly had a great resume that Marvel wanted to jump onto. But then also we've got the showrunner and, I guess, writer of it, who is uh, Jack Schaefer. And she... Is known for I'm looking here the the screenplay for the hustle which I'm gonna pretend like I didn't see that because that movie was not good. It looks like the story for Black Widow which is interesting, but then she also did Olaf's Frozen Adventure. Oh, if you guys didn't know that, uh, so she's relatively new. But hey, again, Marvel saw must have seen something in her, some piece of her work that they wanted to kind of bring to this, and boy does it work. So what I want to touch on before we kind of dive into these episodes is the context of this show. Because I think the, the piece that needs to be said about this is it's a weird show. And I think people are, are kind of, they know that. Everyone knows that. And, and Disney is marketing it as such. I mean, the whole, the biggest line from the show is we really are an unusual couple, which is like, well, duh, you know, you're an android and you're a human. So it's kind of the same sort of Little Mermaid type scenario. But uh, in any regard, uh, I think the show is only going to get weirder. And so I, I've seen so many different responses from this show. And in a way, I love that because I think the best kind of art, obviously the best kind of art is an art that everybody loves, right? We all want to celebrate a certain piece of art. But one of the other really great pieces of art is something that kind of divides people and not in a like, oh my God, this show is absolutely terrible or this is the best show I've ever seen. But I'm saying right in that gray area of like people, it seems like a lot of people really like the show. And then some people are like very lukewarm about the show. I don't think I've seen anyone except one person and we'll get to it, hate the show. But, um, which I think, again, I think is really good because that, that increases conversation and discussion around the show. If everyone loves it, what's the point of talking about it? Like, we can all agree that this show is great and then move on. Like, there's nothing more that needs to be said. But when people have different thoughts about it, you know, the conversation increases and, and the enjoyment around the show, I believe, increases. And so, uh, and the reason I say that is, is um, this weekend, I went, so I, I saw the show on Friday with my wife. We both loved it. And then I saw the sh- saw the show on Saturday with my younger brother Joey, 
and he really liked it as well. My middle brother, Stevie, uh, you guys all know him. He is not watching it, and he does not plan to watch it, and trust me, I I tried, but I have made a promise to him, maybe to myself, to not bug him about watching any of the Marvel shows anymore just because I can tell it's getting on his nerves. But uh, so I'm I'm proud for him not doing it only because I actually think this is a show that he would like because again we love those old timey sitcoms and uh, I think he would like it until it started tying into the Marvel universe. But uh, the interesting person who did not like it and this was absolute happenstance. I I was out this weekend running errands and I went into the comic shop nearby my house and I don't go there very often. But when I do, I always, you know, the guy who works there is the owner and it's just him, I think. And so it's always, he's always there. And so when I walked in, I was just kind of browsing around and I heard this, I heard WandaVision in the background. I only registered it as a sitcom. And I was thinking to myself as I walked in, like, uh, that's really cool that he's, you know, playing sitcoms in the store. Like, that's pretty cool. And then I looked up at the TV. I was like, oh, that's right. It's WandaVision. I was like, hell yeah. And it just, it reminded me of the those days where i can't place it but you know how i guess the best example of it is for any of you who live in texas uh there's a place there called in it's all over i think but there's a there's a store in in plano called fred's that is a philly cheesesteak uh really good philly cheesesteaks and uh and they do sell the sauce so shout out to fred's you can purchase their sauce you don't have to take it they do sell it and uh but but when you're there they always have a tv on in the in the location and it's always playing a movie and the times that we've been there i've seen them play ratchet and clank i've seen them play uh there was a couple of others but the biggest one was was when i went in there and it was funny enough right before we went my cousin and i went and saw into the spider-verse in the location they were playing uh captain america civil war and there was just there's just something special about that where you just you're walking into the middle of a movie again this movie you know we've all seen it a hundred times but when you walk in and the movie's just playing and it was it was uh it was the scene where the the consulate had just exploded and black panther was chasing after winter soldier and captain america and falcon were involved just that cool chase scene but there's just this this feeling of comfort i guess that nostalgia feeling i don't even know how to explain it but like i i personally love when there's like a, a movie or a tv show in the background of whatever it is you're doing like it to me it enhances the movie and it also enhances the memory of that moment so like i again i'm telling you it right now i i won't ever forget going into fred's and watching a little bit of captain america civil war there's just something magical about that and so again i probably won't ever forget walking into the comic shop and wandavision was on and it was the first episode and i saw he had the subtitles on and i was like that's so cool that he's just you know it's hey if he's got the, the subscription he can play it like we're getting to like it'd be the, the same thing as if black widow came out theaters on you know whatever thursday night friday and then saturday morning there he's streaming it in the uh in the comic shop obviously you can't do that with uh you know a movie theater but when it's something like this where it's available to stream i don't know it was just really cool but then he turned it off and the first episode hadn't even ended and he turned it off and he goes i can't take this and I was like, whoa, man. And it was just me and one other guy in the store. But I was like, whoa. Uh, I said, have you not a fan? And he goes, no. Uh, he said, this is it's just not my kind of comedy. He goes, I've never been a fan of like old-timey sitcoms. I was like, oh, what kind of comedy do you like? And he was like, British comedy. And I was like, okay, well, I said, you know, and he said, you know, I'm not a fan of that comedy, the whole black and white thing. I said, was this the first time that you watched it? 
And he was like, yeah. And I was like, ah, I said, you know, you got, I, I said, I certainly don't want to tell you that you're wrong for the way that you feel. I said, but you should probably at least watch through that second episode. I said, because at the end, and I, I don't think it's too big of a spoiler, but, and we are talking spoilers, obviously, in this episode. But um, I was like, well, you know, at the end of the second episode, uh, it does kind of turn into color at the end. And he was like, oh, really? I was like, yeah, so, you know, maybe you want to try and at least give it another shot. But if you can't stick around for that, then, you know, whatever. That's totally fine. He was like, oh, cool. He's like, so so did you like it? And I was like, yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was really funny. He was like, oh, well, that's good to hear. And I smiled inside because I was like, we both had completely different opinions of this show, but we were able to talk about it and kind of express why. And both of us understood each other. It's the the magic of discourse. But that's the only person so far that I've seen that didn't like this show. So I honestly, I hope that he goes back and rewatches it just to see. But everyone else that I've heard, I've heard, again, a couple of lukewarm responses. I had a buddy I was talking with last night. Same thing. He said he saw it. He said he gave it like a B minus, which I was like, it's a really strange grading system for a show or a movie, the minuses and pluses. I'm a A, B, C, D kind of guy. But he was like, yeah, it was just kind of. And I said, you know what? It's one of those shows where if you can stick it out and keep watching it till the last episode just because you may not enjoy it right now but if you give it time I really feel like the show will will turn it around in your head because each episode is supposedly going to be in the future in the future of of TV so like the first episode takes place in the 1950s clearly it's it's very clearly a like bewitched episode which was again i loved absolutely loved it the second episode i couldn't necessarily pinpoint what it was but it was in the 60s and it felt like i love lucy i didn't watch a lot of i love lucy when i was younger so i can't you know i can't say for sure but then like i said at the end of the episode everything goes color and so the next episode's gonna be in color and so you know if the black and white was your problem maybe that's not a problem anymore if the old timey sitcom thing isn't your thing maybe by the fourth episode you'll be fine because by then we're in the 70s and 80s and those are like classic shows as well so i it is a love letter to tv and i think that's one of the reasons i love it so much is because there are those shows in, and that, uh, that's what my friend last night was saying he's like oh i bet you loved it because uh we used to watch with him night gallery by rod serling and he hated that show but we loved it like those old-timey 50s 60s 70s shows like macgyver seinfeld i mean i i can probably pinpoint shows in every single decade that me and my family have loved so i'm i'm loving that about this show so again if that's something that isn't isn't a huge thing for you that's totally fine but i would still recommend at least giving it a chance and seeing it through because you can start to see the cracks forming in these episodes you can start to see sort of what's going on and i love that we still don't really know and obviously a lot of people out there got to watch the first three episodes of this of the show and so they even said that it gets even better so i'm really curious to see what this third episode's about but at this point and again, this was a reason why I was like, I wonder if I should even do an episode, because at this point, all we know is that something is afoot. We know that something's not right at the beginning of the first episode or at the end of it. We kind of see the reality look a little different. Wanda set, tells Vision to help the guy when he's choking on his dinner. Uh, so clearly she's, it seems like she's in control. But then we get the zoom out at the very end after the show, quote unquote, ends, and we see someone in sword who is taking some notes on a, on a notebook and watching the show. And so it's like, okay, so is it Wanda or is it Sword? And if so, what's Sword got to do with this? So for those of you who are wondering at all, again, 
There's a million uh, YouTube videos and podcasts that are going to do a way better job than me. But if you are happening to be listening to this for the first time, S.W.O.R.D. is um, it's like the sentient world organization uh, for research and development or something like that. It's not. I don't think that's the right way of it. I'll, I can Google it so we make sure it's right. But uh, they're sort of like a space organization. And they are, they're just now kind of coming back into prominence of... Um, in Marvel Comics, it's Sentient World Observation and Response Department. So I was close. I like research and development too. Uh, but what was interesting, and I hadn't even realized, was that it, it uh, it's an X Men thing. So this uh, the Sword Unit or whatever was created and and first appeared in Astonishing X Men, and uh, from there it was kind of with the X Men, and then it went off. I mean, the big person who's in charge of it sort of is uh, Abigail Brand, and so she is a mutant. And a super cool mutant, by the way. I think she has... I'm going to see what her powers are. Pyrokinesis? Is that it? I thought she had other powers, but um, she can control fire? I feel like she can can do more than that. But she has green hair, and she always kind of has this green appearance about her. But she's super cool. She's a real badass, so hopefully we can see her in this series. Uh, I'm not holding them to it. But so is, is it Sword, or is it Wanda? And if it's Wanda we're leaning a lot more towards the House of M story where she creates her own reality where she has kids and we see that at the very end of the second episode that she's now pregnant and it's kind of shocking. You're like, oh, whoa, like she just happens to be pregnant and you never know the rest of the show or the episode, but there is this whole bit in the second episode of For the Children. So is she creating this reality? And if so, doesn't that mean she's creating vision as well? That vision is not real. And so I think the biggest part where there was a crack in reality, obviously there's a scene in that second episode with a a colored helicopter that's in the front yard that Wanda finds that has a sword logo on it. But beyond that, um, at the end of this episode, she so she's pregnant now. Oh, there's, there's a bit in there too where there's a radio at the pool and uh, she's with the like head of the PTA or whoever. And... Um, in the radio, there's a song playing, and then all of a sudden we start hearing Wanda, 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 who's doing this to you? And so you start to wonder, like, is there a third option? Like, maybe it's not Sword. Maybe it isn't Wanda. Maybe someone else is manipulating Wanda into doing this. But at the same time, maybe it is just Wanda, because I could easily see where even someone like Sword, maybe they've got Wanda right now, and they're trying to help her, and I'll give them the benefit of the doubt since it is sword. Uh, they're typically on the side of good, and uh, that they're trying to help Wanda, and and she's maybe she's in like a coma, and they don't know what's going on, but they can see these shows that she's playing in her head, and they're like, "Who is doing this to you? Like, why is this happening?" And and I could easily see it be like, "Well, no one's doing it. Like, she is the one that's doing this herself because of all of these traumas." because of all of the things that have happened. And again, if you need that refresher, check out Marvel Legends because it does such a good job of hitting on all those beats of why she is who she is. Everything with Stark, with Quicksilver dying, with her, uh, with Vision dying. And so that leads me to a really interesting thing, and it's from Legends. The beginning of the episode for Marvel's Legends for Scarlet Witch starts with the scene of Wanda and Vision uh, in uh, wherever it is that they were in, they're in like Scotland or something like that, and uh, they're hanging out. And it was when they find out what's going on in America with uh, Thanos. And 
Vision, you know, they're holding each other close. They're out on a walk. And Vision says this, and I I, I typed it out because I wanted to make sure I said it right. But he says, Wanda, for two years we have stolen these moments, trying to see if this could work. And I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna speak for myself. I I I think. And she says it works. He says it it works. It works. And he says, stay, stay with me. And that scene is so powerful. And I know because I read comics that any time there is a recap page at the beginning of the comic or there is a Marvel uh, MCU tie-in comic that's the you know prelude to Infinity War, all they ever do are recaps, right? But when you're doing a recap of a comic or when you're doing a recap to catch someone up with a movie so that they can be better prepared for the next movie, what things are they going to show you in that? And it's the easiest answer in the world. They're going to show you the things that are most impactful to this new series so that when you're watching the series, you have those little bits in your head to go, oh, yeah, that's right. She said that in that one bit. That makes total sense. Or, yep, you know, her her brother died. She fought Thanos. All of these things led her to doing what she's doing now that makes sense as opposed to having those kind of gaps in your head where you're like, I don't remember that part of the movie. They're only giving you the nitty-gritty. They're giving you the quick and dirty, and those are the things you need to know. So why would the first thing that they show, because it's not the first thing that you see in the MCU of Wanda. The first thing you see is her being tested on by Strucker. So why would it be these lines and and this, 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 uh, I guess, bit about we've been trying to steal these moments trying to see if this could work, this relationship between the two of them could work, and they both agree that it does work. But what does he say? He says, stay with me. And then literally what happens after that, he gets captured, he gets stabbed, and he gets his uh, he gets the stone ripped out of his head and he's killed. If I was Wanda and I had the ability to manipulate reality, wouldn't I also want to steal back those moments to those moments of when it felt like it worked those moments where vision told her stay with me like if I I'm just trying to think of another because this has happened in other movies but like again when those people are you know in a coma in the tv show or when they can't be reached but they come out of the coma and they say i saw you the whole time you are the reason that i'm still alive like i held on to you in my coma state and i'm out and it's because of you and it was like oh you know during the coma i had this crazy dream sort of thing but the only difference is here if she's in a coma or whatever she's in she can actually manipulate reality so why wouldn't she turn her reality into something that is what she never had, which was a normal life, a normal upbringing with somebody who she loves to death, literally, who was taken from her. Why not have the perfect idyllic life with the one you love? And I think, too, that this uh, this whole quote, as I was thinking about it, I was like, what's the theme of, the pod- of this episode? Or what's the theme of WandaVision right now? And to me, this show is so weird. This show is so out there. It's in black and white. They're doing the the sitcom filming styles. They're doing the the oh my husband, uh, my husband and his indestructible head. My wife and the, her flying saucers. Like it works. It it. I'll, I'm just gonna. I'll speak speak for myself. It, it it works. This show works. Everything about this show works. And so again, to those of you that are maybe a little bit. Like, uh, you know, I, I wasn't too too into the first two episodes. Stay. 
Stay with the show. Trust me. Stay with it. I think it's going to pay off. I think this is one of those shows where they have gone so far into left field. Marvel says, we can make whatever we want. What if we just go crazy and make something so crazy? And I think they're doing that. They're doing that with this. They're going to do it with Loki. They're going to do it with a bunch of other shows that they've got. Just trust the process. And again, I just I was like, how perfect is it that that's the quote that he says at the beginning of Marvel Legends? That's the essential theme of this show. And that's probably the reason why Wanda is manipulating reality. That's really the last meaningful conversation that the two of them had before he died. Because up until that point afterwards, they were on the run. They had to race to Wakanda. They had to get the stone removed from his head. And uh, and then he was gone. So that's why I almost cried when I watched the Legends thing. Because it's just the ultimate tragic romance. And so to see them, no matter what is happening in terms of whether she's being manipulated, she's doing the manipulation, it's sword, whatever. Her and Vision are together. They are getting to have that idyllic life. They are getting to have that uh, white picket fence life. And again, I I guess I could say idyllic. Idyllic for many people. Obviously, there's a lot of people that don't need that kind of life. But for someone like her, who has been through so much trauma and has been through so much, so many people calling her different, Uh, being afraid of her. There's that whole bit in there where she says, I can't control other people's fear. I can only control mine. And she is in control, it seems like. There's that in the second episode when the beekeeper comes out of the sewer and she says no. And then the show rewinds and has a different ending. She is in control. That's my guess, is that she's the one doing this. She's in full control and she's doing it because she's in love and because she's just torn apart. And a typical person, they grieve by getting very sad. And when they get to that point of bargaining and denial, uh, there's not much they can do. But when Wanda is in that bargaining and denial stage, she actually can do something. She can create a whole new reality where that problem doesn't exist anymore. And that, again, is a precedent in the comics, especially in that House of M Avengers disassembled storyline, which uh, is is just exciting. I would never, never would have assumed that they would have made a show like this. Like, we are now in Marvel territory where I have given up in the best way. I... Uh, when the movies first started coming out, like I knew that they would make a Civil War movie. I knew that they would do an Avengers movie. Uh, like a Thanos thing seemed like easy money, but I never, ever would have guessed that they would have tried to do a show like this or any shows. Um, actually, no, I, I do remember telling people like they should do TV because they're basically doing TV, but not like this, not like a, a streaming service where they're getting to make the show that they always wanted to make sort of thing. Like I thought when they announced Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I was like, awesome, there we go. This is what the Marvel Universe needs is TV like this. But then obviously, you know, it uh, it ended up not being exactly the thing that I think everybody wanted whereas now we are in that new age where we're getting to see great Marvel TV along with our great Marvel movies so that and that's my that's it that's those are my thoughts on WandaVision so I think I am going to do an episode for each episode as it airs uh, and I'll try to kind of do it the weekend of and give my thoughts but uh, and I'm looking here we're, we're about hitting 35 minutes right now and uh, I certainly don't want to make them long, and I, I won't, unless, of course, there's something to talk about, but I'm not going to try to pull things out of thin air just because 
Uh, I know everybody's time is valuable, and I certainly don't think you need to spend a lot of your time listening to a a WandaVision review from me. Uh, I would definitely want to do a full season review that's for sure but we'll do we'll do the episodes i think that'll be fun and it's going to keep me on my toes so for all of you that made it here to the end thank you so much i appreciate it i appreciate you guys listening uh if you want to talk to me further you can on twitter at a robots wink or instagram at a robots wink but that's going to do it here for us at comics and cinema i'm your host alex klein and uh we'll see you in wandavision